The Lead Story is proudly brought to you by Alex Forbes. Alex Forbes, insight, advice, impact. Welcome back to the Business Report. I'm speaking this evening to CEO MD of the FP Detroit Transport Group, Mr. Stefan Tablanche. Good evening, Mr. Tablanche. Good evening. Nice to be with you. I'd, I'd like to speak to you tonight about trends and challenges in 2024, but perhaps we should first take a look back. What, what was 2023 like for the freight and logistics sector? Well, for the freight and logistics sector, I think it was, uh, it was a good year. Uh, in our personal, uh, in our business, mm-hmm. personally, we have uh, we are very satisfied with the figures. Mm. Everything really, we we are blessed. And I think what I heard from other transporters, logistics people, they experience more or less the same. You know, okay. uh, there is some people that say no, it was not that good, but it's always it's normal. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So looking ahead, then uh, one of the challenges, I assume, from last year that hasn't gone away uh, is congestion and delays at South African ports. Uh, with the situation in the in the Red Sea now as well, do you foresee more freight landing at, at Volfus Bay this year? And, and how does that change how Namibia's logistics sector operates? Yeah, see, it's uh, what happened in South Africa, Cape Town, Durban specifically, uh, the congestion there and the delays that we experience and our customers, what mm-hmm. they experience, because it's them that experience and in the end it's us mm-hmm. that must bring the stuff to Namibia yeah, and, and to the other side countries. <laughs> that created a huge opportunity for Wallfish Bay, you know, and to, uh, our government invested uh, substantial, I mean, billions uh, in the port uh, of Wallfish Bay. And we must now make this asset work for us. Mm. The asset must sweat. And this is very important. It is so important that we increase the volumes. Mm. Currently, our costs is too high. Okay. That is what all uh, the, uh, the businesses, the mines and so are uh, telling us. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of stuff from Zambia, from Zimbabwe, from DRC are going uh, through to Beira and to Dar and to all these places. So we must look at our prices. And the only way you can get the prices down is your your cost per unit. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, your fixed cost is still there, say, so much millions. Uh, if you increase the container numbers coming through Namport, the price per container, the fixed cost can mm. come down and we can become more competitive. That is so important. And we must now, as a country, Namport, we all work together so that we um, use this opportunity because it's a huge opportunity because mm. we have a very good facility. But there are some challenges, and we as the private sector are always willing, and uh, I mean Namport and our government uh, knows it, we are working to, together with them, and we want to support and mm. want to come up with, with uh, suggestions that we can make, how we can uh, you know, increase the volumes and, and, and make it a very, very, for Namibia, a, a good opportunity that, that can mean quite a lot for our country mm. and uh, all the businesses related to that. Okay, switching from sort of international trade to freight coming through South Africa, there's there's a move, perhaps not so much in Namibia just yet, but of people increasingly buying things like even furniture and fridges online these days. Uh, with Amazon launching in South Africa this year, how how will that impact the local sector? You see, this is not our biggest. We are only 2.6 million uh, mm. people in Namibia, but what we are talking is the mining industries. Mm. That volumes coming from. 
you know, the copper, the lithium mines uh, in uh, DRC, Zambia, Zimbabwe, you know, all from Botswana. And we must, that's the big opportunity. Okay. You know, the other, we are only 2.6 million. Mm. You, yeah, the volumes can increase, but that is not where the, <laughs> the, the, the quantities are coming from. And we must cooperate and work together because we have a lot of customers that will tomorrow send all their loads through uh, Wallfish Bay, uh, Namport. Mm. But currently our prices is too high. The other problem that we have is, is uh, you know, congestion at the border posts. Mm. This is the biggest single challenge. I mean, in the last week, we have so much problems at the borders due to the IT system, Asakuda, that uh, uh, our NAMRA is using. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, we are working with them also together to see, because they upgrade, and then after the upgrade, there was a lot of on and off uh, and on and off the system. So you have a buildup of trucks at the border post, and that is a big challenge. We must uh, work very hard at it to, to see how we can increase the efficiency and decrease the standing times that we have at border posts. Of course, uh, this is hurting everybody and the, the consumer in the end. Of course, we must put through that charges. If a truck is standing, there's no income. Uh, so what must you do? You must plan for standing times and it's not necessary we can get this up to a level where say a truck will not stand longer than an hour at the mm. border post and not for hours and mm. half days or days that is so important uh, that we work all together very very hard to c come up with a solution uh, for for it's in the interest interest of all uh, our people our namibian citizens and the other southern countries mm. So the, the saying goes that when South Africa sneezes, Namibia catches the flu. But I mean, like with the ports, it, it looks like their crumbling rail network could actually benefit us too. Botswana is looking to Trans-Kalahari Railway to evolve first, of course, the ongoing project of creating a viable Trans-Caprivi Railway. Do you see more freight moving to rail and fewer trucks on the road in the future? Well, hopefully there will be more uh, trucks going or, or <laughs> loads going onto rail. But we know uh, the challenges are our own, mm. Transnamib in South Africa, Transnet, the challenges is very big. Mm. Uh, I don't see now currently that I see any improvement uh, on the rail, what is happening there. But there's also a lot of potential, mm. but it's about efficiencies. That is the thing and address the real problems. That's what should be done. We can have a rail network that we can be proud of, but... Unfortunately, currently, I think not in Namibia, not in South Africa. We can't be proud on our rail network, mm. what is happening there. And, uh, of course, you know, a lot of people ask me, how will it, um, won't it arm your business, the, the road mm. freight? No, it's important for us to have also uh, a lot of loads on the rail for our country. There's a lot of opportunities mm. that we have, especially down to Namport. And, uh, yeah, we must, we must work hard as a country together on that. Again, private sector must become involved in this. Government must create the climate for investors, mm. for businesses to say, listen, we also want to be involved with the rail uh, lines and so. And that is, of course, we as businesses, we can show the results are there. We can do business. Yeah. That is what we are there for. Uh, government must create the right climate. That is so important so that it's easy to do business mm. and create, because our biggest challenge, we all know it, is job opportunities. Mm. Our unemployment rate of 40% in Namibia, 40% plus, 
This is a very, very big problem that we have. The social problems we have, it's all about this. Mm -hmm. if, if we can bring that down only to 20, uh, you, you know, in the U.S., the Western world, they are talking of 3 4% unemployment. We are working on 40 in mm. South Africa on 34. This is the real problem that we have. Of course, if people have a job, they won't have time to steal and to do all this uh, uh, bad things mm. and so. And this is what we must work hard at. And that's why I'm so, you know, optimistic about uh, uh, what is happening in our country with the mines, uranium mines mm -hmm. as well, where the uranium price is now. Mines that close down start up again. The copper mines, the gold mines, mm -hmm. everybody, uh, you know, and we must use this opportunity to create jobs. Also with Namport, you, it's a chain effect. Mm -hmm. If we can uh, increase the volume, say 30% at least per annum, that's what we must aiming for, 30% per annum mm. in container volumes. That is what should happen. So in three years, we can, all, we can double the volumes. Hmm. That will create a lot of job opportunities. Yeah. It's not only in Amport. It's the trucks on the road. It's the fuel stations. It's the maintenance guys. It's the guys selling trucks and all that. That's so, there's huge opportunities for all of us. And that is what we must work hard at, to create jobs and not to lay off people <laughs> yeah. and to sit with that problem. But the, the challenge is there now. Think about the future with, with the, the, the oil and gas mm -hmm. uh, in the next four to seven years from now, the, the green hydrogen. There's so many opportunities. But the climate must be there for mm. businesses to say, listen, I want to invest in Namibia. I want to invest. It's easy to do business there. There's not a red tape and all these type of things. And 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 for us as truckers, for all the standing mm. times and all that, that, that hurt a business and it, it increases your cost. Mm. So turning from sort of the external things to more internal company policy, well, not policy, but company procedures, I suppose, uh, the rise in, in things like AI, the increasing reliance on technology, it's something affecting all industries. Obviously, I can't imagine freight and logistics are immune. You'd, you'd be looking at things like automation, robotics. How do you see technology impacting the sector locally? Yeah, technology, see, we, if you look at electric trucks, we have challenges. Now, maybe uh, from north to south, it's about 1,500 kilometers, only 2.6 million mm. people. So if you have electric truck and it can only do 450, you need stations where you can load the batteries and all that. For local deliveries, say, for instance, in Vintuk, three tonners, five tonners or so, you can use it here or you, you can do the loading here mm. in Bantuk. So this is, we have different challenges from what is happening in Europe yeah. and so just, just for that. And that is with all technology, but we are working hard to see what technology we can use to the advantage of our own business, mm. but also in general business in our country, you know, how we can assist that. And we are working together with all our suppliers to see where we can be at the forefront of that, you know, looking into that. Mm. But there is certain challenges. It's not that easy to do business in Namibia. As I always say, 1,500 kilos from north to south, <laughs> 2.6 million people in the Gauteng area, you have in a 50-kilometer radius, 
you are seven, eight million yeah. people. It's so easy, you know. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of loads in a very short distance that need to be delivered. Yeah. And the same in the Cape Metropole, in Durban and those. Here it's a bit different, mm. and you must always take that into consideration. But yeah, there's a lot of opportunities also. Uh, new technology to look into that and we are always looking into that our business development division they are daily busy with that mm. we were talking about jobs earlier one of the issues uh, that's been brought to light in namibia with you know jobs is is a lack of skills when it comes to the technology do you think we have a sort of unique challenge there or, or is that something you know worldwide or yeah we have an i think we have a challenge uh, in all, maybe all Saudi countries, specifically mm. also in Namibia, you know, and it start, you know, it start at school level. Mm. You know, a lot, there's 5% people that maybe have enough money to send their kids to private mm. schools and that is up to standard. But unfortunately, what I'm experiencing from, experiencing from my workforce, people working for us mm. in the lower income, their children are all in the government schools. And what I see and what is happening, really, we need to look into our education mm. system. And we must not uh, fool people and think they don't know what is going on. Our school system is a problem. Mm. It's not a problem if you have a, 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 a guy with a degree apply for a certain job at your business, say a logistics and, and a procurement uh, a degree of three years. Mm -hmm. And when you come there and see, listen, and you have the interview, and this guy cannot make calculations, he cannot write properly, but he have a degree. Mm. The problem then is not with uh, UNAM, the university, and so it started the school. Mm. That guy, when he write matrix, should be on a level to be there that he can write properly and he can do calculations properly. Mm. And that I don't see. I'm I'm very scared about it. I've I'm personally involved with staff members of us with their children, and I see what is happening. I see that children come home and have 40, 40, 40, 40 for each subject. Ask the parent, how can that happen? No, they didn't write exams. They just get the 40. And this is challenges that we yeah. have and need to be addressed. We must get involved. And it starts at our teachers, at our principals. If you are in education, you must care about kids. Mm. You must be worried about these kids and really properly do your jobs. And not sometimes children, 11 o'clock in the morning, they are at home. The teacher is not at school and so. This is things happen. Mm. I have facts about this. And I try to get hold of the people at education department. Several telephone calls, but there was no, no positive reaction. Mm. And, and we must work. It's my problem as well. I don't have kids at school. I don't have grandchildren at school. But it's a, it's a, it's a country problem mm -hmm. that we have. All of us, those kids are to model the guys working at NAMRA, working at the police force, working at, uh, you know, home affairs, working at these places. And we must help them to mm -hmm. be on a level really that we feel happy with the service we receive. To wrap things up and, and bring it back to the logistics and freight industry just for a second, you, you kind of preempted me with the electric trucks there, but looking further than 2024, we won't touch on electric. Like I say, you, you, you've answered that question, but hydrogen vehicles? Yeah, well, that is, we will see how we develop. And definitely, if, if there's any potential in that, then we will be 
would like to be the first to to try it out, to do a a, a proper test mm. on it, and and uh, to see you know what is the positive. Of course, it's positive. All this development mm -hmm. is positive, but we will look at the circumstances at that point in time when the trucks are there. Mm. Thank you so much, Mr. Tablanche. It's amazing to always see your your passion for the country. So. Uh, no, really, we have a great country. There's so much potential. We must just you know, do our jobs and then we will have the results. Thank you so much. Thank you. The lead story was proudly brought to you by Alex Forbes. Alex Forbes, insight, advice, impact.